Welcome to the Cyber Nation Uncensored Podcast. We welcome all Chumbas, Edge Runners, Vault Dwellers, Wastelanders, Spice Traders, and Space Folders. Thanks for joining us. Please give us a great review and also be sure to join us on both YouTube and Twitch. We'd love to see you on a live stream. Thanks again. See you soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello, everybody. Uh, how is everyone doing this fine evening? I am so thrilled to be here with you. It is once again the last Tuesday of the month, and there's a lot of weird stuff to talk about <laughs> tonight, but I am so thrilled to see everyone. It is so wonderful to see you. Hello. Uh, I'm going to try and go back and, and call everyone I see Bronx Mash. The trues, the one true... S, we, Wessel, Swessel, man, I just, I, I just, I'm sure I ruined it, but, um, but I see you and that's what matters. Uh, Craig Horse, hello, Ice Bunny, it is so good to see you. I am so glad you're here, PWB, uh, and Lone Jedi, it is so wonderful to see everyone. And I do have to point out, I, I did see on here, uh, that, um, who, yes, Craig, Craghorst, I saw that your dogs feel you may have too much spaghetti. And uh, as an avid lover of pasta and all things starch-tastic myself, I may have to agree because I noticed that I don't have any pasta here with me right now. And um, that saddens me. Uh, so I will accept any pasta uh, magically manifesting in front of me as it stands. But I hope that everyone else has everything they need uh, to really kick back and enjoy what we have for you here tonight. And Cold Spider, hello. Rob, hello. Roland, hello, hello. And I will say, uh, Roland does bring up whole grain penne. Uh, and I will tell you, I will accept nearly any kind of pasta there is. Um, Val, hello! It is wonderful to see you too. I will say, uh, so to introduce myself for anyone who somehow has not stumbled across me in, in the darker recesses of the internet, uh, yes, I am Rocket Fox, your second favorite person, and I am here on the final Tuesday of every month to bring you the strange and delightful and, as of late, very animal-filled, uh, Maybe a little bit of reporter bias, uh, I will admit, but I'm here to bring you the goods. And uh, I also want to point out that Val uh, is an amazing cast member along with myself for the last Monday of the month, which is when we play Shadows of Esterin or Esterin, 
uh, however you want to say it. Um, but amazing show, and it was super fun this past evening. Um, and also, of course, as always, uh, our very own Rob jams it, and it is amazing. So if you have not had a chance to see it, I recommend yes <laughs> shadows of estrogen um i don't i don't know if we're ready for all that yet like i will tell you i i tend to get a little grumpy um i tend to get really bad headaches um it's you know it's it's one of those things that i i understand that uh it's it's low fantasy it's a little darker it's a little scarier but um i don't know if anyone's ready for this level of scary um if we're gonna really dive into that uh from my own personal experience but <laughs> but yes ice bunny the zoo is doing well thank you so much and uh also mm, for anyone who knows me you will also know that uh, i have uh, a number of pets in my house uh you know they, they all belong here They're, they've all been brought in uh, purposefully they didn't just show up one day uh, without anyone knowing about it i knew mm. <laughs> but uh yeah yeah um but i have not gotten any new ones i have i have stayed good knock on wood um you know so so we're doing well with that and i do want to say too um this brings up another good point. Uh, Roland mentions here having squirrels, and there are squirrels outside uh, near my house, but, however, I did recently make a squirrel feeder, squirrel-specific, uh, that looks like a little front deck. It has a little, a nice little patio table and, and little chairs and a little patio umbrella, and I am, I have been staring out of my window waiting for the squirrels to get on it i put the good stuff out there they've got all, raw almonds and everything and they just they don't they don't know what they're missing out on yet uh but they will all of that to say that i actually uh did a little tutorial on how to make your own with stuff from the dollar store so you can follow me on the socials and such if you want to make it yourself watch it enjoy uh, you know anything like that but if you if you look me up by name rocket fox you will find me um yeah yeah so <laughs> and i you know i whilst i would love to pick up more random pets i am trying trying to be good uh but that is a good idea of actually making an account for the squirrels, once they have accepted my generous offerings of love and almonds. But that being said, uh, let's jump on in. And also do I have to say, Ice Bunny, I'm so sorry you do not have access to this dollar store. I It might be a stateside only phenomenon, um, but it is, I am addicted to it in a bad kind of way. Uh, so that being said, let's jump right in. It is March. It is more or less the end of March, the last the last Tuesday. And um, one of the first things I wanted to do was throw out a little a little love, um, a a moment of remembrance, if you will. So you may notice from this image I have here that we have the one of the originals, the fantastic uh, number of original monsters. And this is, yes, the creature from the Black Lagoon. 
was acted by, uh, I'm going to say Riku Browning, Riku Browning, R-I-C-O-U Browning. Um, anyway, the point of this being is that at the beginning of this month, unfortunately, he did pass away. Um, and so Riku Browning was actually a a known swimmer, um, as it sounds, but he... So all the the underwater kind of lagoon stuff was practical, uh, which are some of my favorite effects in use. Um, but yeah, so he had played uh, the, uh, I, I guess, technically speaking, the creature was known as Gilman, um, which I guess is an okay name. Um, and oh my gosh, Cole Drake. I see you, um, and you're actually just in time. We're just getting started. So, unfortunately, he passed at the age of 93 toward the beginning of this month. Um, at technically, end of last month, but it was reported on at the beginning of this month. Um, but I don't know how many other people knew this, uh, but I just found out. Apparently, apparently, um, Riku Browning not only played Gilman, uh, he also collaborated to write on the 1963 movie of the name Flipper and the popular TV series that subsequently followed. Um, and apparently the idea came about when he was watching Lassie at home with the kids, like so many of us so often do, I suppose, um, and started thinking about, okay, it's a story of a kid and a dog why not have a story of a kid and a dolphin? Uh, and to that I say, indeed, why not? Um, ex well, okay, hang on, hang on. I actually could think of a couple reasons not to do that. Uh, <laughs> one reason of which dolphins, sure, they're cute. Uh, they're very intelligent. They're mischievous. They're fun. Um, they're also, uh, naturally, they're a little rapey. Um, so that's, that's something, uh, you know, but simpler times. We weren't thinking about the, you know, we, we've, we've really come a long way, um, in, in what we stand for and stand against in media. Uh, so needless to say, um, Riku Browning did have a part to play in Flipper. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But there was another one, um, and I have not actually heard of this, but in 1973, uh, apparently, Browning directed a comedy called Salty, which is about a sea lion. Um, I had not priorly heard of this, but it sounds like exactly the kind of thing that I want to watch. And also, I'm seeing here that uh, Riku Browning had like a, a real love for sea animals, and I, you know... I, I can stand behind that. Uh, and apparently, though, after that, however, um, Browning directed a 1978 drama called Mr. No Legs. Um, and in case anyone was wondering what Mr. No Legs is about, it's about a mob enforcer who is a double amputee. So I guess he's called Mr. No Legs. Again, probably wouldn't fly today, but... Apparently that's that's a thing, uh, but also uh, Mr. Browning did do a number of stunt 
work for various films and things like that. Um, but yeah, what he was known for the best was playing Gilman in... I just... Ah, no! Uh, you know what? I had to stop right there because <laughs> Cole Drake uh, states, Mr. No Legs ellipses, precursor to the human centipede, which makes me so sad. So very, very sad. <laughs> I don't like anything about that. <laughs> um, neat. No! <laughs> um, but yeah, so he did a great number of things. And I do have here a there he is. There's our guy. Most notably known, once again, for playing Gilman. Um, who, yeah, I, I guess Gil sounds like it could be a name. I have met someone named Gil before, so uh, I don't know. Is that, does anyone know? Is Gil short for something? Gilbert. Gilbert? Gilbert. Someone help, someone help me. I need an adult. Um, Gil is a name, though. Yes. Okay. Um... We, and I'm seeing here, uh, it, it could indeed be Gilbert, but it could also be Gilliam, Gilgan, or Gil again. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, this is the guy, and he is, he is indeed uh, a handsome individual here. And I feel like, you know, I have to say, I feel, and it, I don't think it's just me, that a lot of acting people but also just regular people in everyday photos were just way more attractive in the 50s i don't know and, and maybe it's just because everyone had this kind of like we just experienced a major world war and but we're still like putting ourselves together and wearing clothes that are tailored to fit us very well which makes a huge difference i do want to point that out um but yeah so so that is our guy Rico Browning, who unfortunately has passed at the age of 93, brought to us a lot of good things um, and wanted to acknowledge this fine classic monster actor, individual, swimmer, director, uh, lover of marine life, and uh, so forth and so on. And speaking of people who are a little bit up there in age, just slightly, um, this may, on the surface, appear to be a regular hockey player, any hockey player, uh, but it's not. <laughs> this is, in fact, a, <clears throat> a woman named Linda Sinrod of Lorton, Virginia. Now, Linda Sinrod, who is that, you may ask? And I was personally shocked that I had not heard of her before this. Uh, but apparently she only recently got into the Guinness Book of World Records. That is right, as of March 17th, as the oldest female hockey player. That's right, Linda Sinrod is 82 years old. And evidently, she was a figure skater before becoming enamored with hockey at the ripe old age of 35, dot, dot, dot. Uh, which, if that's the right old age, then I am practically dead. <laughs> um, but yeah, she became fascinated with hockey at the age of 35 when a friend asked if she wanted to try just playing uh, when they visited a frozen pond. Evidently, Sinrod enjoyed playing so much she became a founding member of the first women's hockey team in the Washington, D.C. area. Um, and she's in this article I'm looking at, she says, quote, 
After retiring, I looked up what my old teammates were doing and found that one was coaching the Prince William Wildcats team. So, at 67, I decided to in to join that team. Um, now, evidently, uh, at age 75, her teammates did ask her to leave the team. And apparently, it's stated here that they she was asked to leave the team because she was struggling to keep up, you know, at 75 years old. I would also propose that possibly, possibly, um, and this would at least be my thinking if I were here and, and playing on said team, or even in the league that would play against said team, I would be afraid of injury <laughs> for this woman. Um, if I were playing against her, I would not check her because I, I would be afraid. I would be afraid. Um, <coughs> excuse me. But, yeah, so apparently, though, uh, she didn't want to give up hockey, so she started playing in a women's league that would choose teams twice a year. So, um, it's a women's league that actually, I guess, rotates players. Um, and she says that she had always been the oldest person playing. So she had been curious as to how old the oldest female hockey player was, and eventually as she got to be 80, she checked the Guinness Book of World Records to see how old the oldest was. Uh, and at that point, um, I the article ends there. Um, I'm not necessarily sure how old the person was at that point, but now at age 86, she is in fact the oldest. Um, and also, Cold Spider, have a wonderful time at work. Thank you so much for joining. Um, and what up? chuck my gum away before it starts chewing me back. Uh, so yes, here is a patented golf clap for Linda Sinrod of Lorton, Lorton Virginia, uh, who is now officially, according to Guinness Book of World's Records, the oldest female hockey player. Yay for you, Linda. Um, yeah, so scary. Um, just in the idea of, of playing uh, what is really a, a pretty contact heavy sport with with i just I would be afraid I, I would have fears um so the next story i have for you unfortunately is a little bit of a sad story um so i i don't want to upset anyone so i want to set that expectation going in <clears throat> wine we know it we love it but what happened not long ago this month it's true apparently apparently my pictures are out of order and that is truly a tragedy so i will just keep that up for now as i switch over the picture i'll tell you the story and then you can see the carnage for yourself it, it makes me very sad but uh so apparently the california highway patrol had to send out cleanup crews why, you may ask, and you know where this is going. A truck overturned and spilled its load of 10,000 wine bottles onto the roadway. I, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just take a real, a real quick moment of silence for the wine um, that could have been. 10, 
thousand bottles. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, so, you know, and, and I can't even imagine what the cleanup for that would look like. Um, but apparently the, the truck was overturned and I'm not really seeing a lot of details other than the fact that no other vehicles were involved and the driver wasn't injured. So I, I guess there's that. Um, but here's, here's the picture. Oh, that is a, that is a straight tragedy. I'm actually, you know, it looks like for the most part, the bottles actually don't look broken. Um, which that's good. And it does seem, wait, nope. That's right. It, it does seem I'm, I'm getting here. I'm getting, I'm getting news. Uh, apparently, oh, well, we can all relax. Apparently it was 10,000 empty wine bottles. Uh, so no wine was spilled. No tragedy truly occurred, but that could have been 10,000 full wine bottles. So I think really uh, this, this goes to show that we, we need to really be paying more attention to uh, traffic safety uh, because that could have been basically like 10,000 um, really fun nights, uh, you know, or yes, one fantastic spring break weekend. Um, but, but it does look like the bottles didn't break. So that's good. Although I feel like after there's been, well, first off, after there's been a spill, like unless there's another big truck coming along behind to carry them away, I don't know who's taking them where, uh, but also if they didn't break and they fell out like that, can they be sent along and reused? Question mark. I feel like because, you know, a, a food, uh, you know, food, a, uh, a consumable goes inside them. I, I feel like they probably would be, uh, soiled in some, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so yeah, and then that makes sense too. Uh, the one true Suessel uh, does mention that there could be micro fractures, and and I feel too if if there are any that were broken at all, like you, I can't even imagine like the possibility of of it getting into some of the other bottles, and then you put wine down in there, and then all of a sudden you're drinking broken glass, and what you thought was a fun wine filled evening is now like glass shards in your throat. Um, so you know, I, I feel like that could end in a in a real bummer of a way. Um, <coughs> but yes, no, Ice Bunny, you are correct. So yeah, you, in the U.S., you have to be 21 before you are allowed to officially drink, um, you know, amongst the, the people, uh, which I at least am of age, so I, I could enjoy. Um, but yes, we do not condone, uh, illegal behaviors here, so... Uh, say, say what you will, but I will still weep over these fallen wine bottles. Uh, so next up, speaking of, of real crimes, um, <clears throat> high school, high school, uh, you know, some people, some people claim that it's the best years of your life. And I make a face and I make real big air quotes because I refuse, A, I refuse to quantify any time that is in my past as the best times of my life, much less before I was, once again, legal age to drink. Uh, you know, I, I don't particularly find having to like sneak whatever or sneak around with your significant other to be best 
uh, I don't find that particularly. I wouldn't. I would not return to that personally. That's not something that I would do. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and there's there's just there's so much that goes along with it, right? Like having to ask before you go to the bathroom. No, no, no. I don't like that. Um, you know, and having a curfew and all this. <clears throat> I'm an adult. I go to bed when I want, whether or not that's 10 p.m. or 3 p.m. 3 a.m. Yeah. 10 p.m. or 3 a.m. I will have you know there is no in-between for me. If I'm up past 10 p.m., it's straight on through. Um, but yeah, so apparently there are people who, who do feel, though, that high school was a nice time. Uh, and I do recall in the past, we have covered a story where where certain individuals snuck into school um, you know, college and, and things like this to, to pass themselves off as students for some odd reason. Um, so, so it's happened again. It's happened again. <laughs> and it's, I, I don't even know how, like, I, I just, I will have to just say it straight as it is. But <clears throat> apparently a 29 year old woman was accused of using false documents to enroll as a New Jersey high school student and attend classes over a four-day period uh, before apparently someone caught on that she was like a year away from being 30. Uh, so, <clears throat> excuse. So apparently, um, and this is, this, this is a, the woman is a South Korean citizen who, when I saw, I was like, oh, no, no. <laughs> uh, which I guess makes it a little bit, I mean, people always think I'm a lot younger. So um, I, I, I guess it, it makes sense that maybe she'd be more able to pass. But apparently she came to the US um, alone when she was 16 to attend a private boarding school. And she later graduated from Rutgers University in 2019 as a lawyer. So she is a lawyer. Um, but <laughs> she also says, that uh, she had no nefarious intentions when enrolling at the New Brunswick High School in January. She, she quote, was seeking to return to a place of safety and welcoming and an environment that she looked back on fondly. Um, so apparently she had a better and more inclusive experience in high school, which, you know what? Good for you. If you if you had a and like I didn't have a bad experience in high school necessarily, but you know if you had a great experience, that's fine. But going back to it as an adult, that's not fine. <laughs> that's not something to do. That's creepy. Um, so so she was discovered after I think about four days. Um, and yeah. So also well, and the thing about that too. Craghorse brings up, hopefully she didn't date her classmates. And I, I feel like four days is, is real quick to jump on the, like, relationship bandwagon. But then again, high school. Um, <clears throat> but apparently, uh, authorities have said that the woman got the phone numbers of students who helped her find her way through the school and has continued to text some of them days after her ruse was discovered. She was barred from entering the school grounds in the district and... Officials have advised the students not to have any contact with her. Which I feel like they should also advise her not to be texting these students who are teenagers. Uh, so, you know what? It's 
There's so much about it that, like, the thing is, people who, who are experiencing a difficult time, perhaps a, a trauma of some kind, may seek um, comfort and solace in, and I understand that, in something familiar, right? In, in maybe you had a good experience and you want to go back to that. And, you know, maybe sometime uh, you could sit down and meditate on it and think about maybe journal, maybe write something, but do not falsify your birth certificate and actually become a high school student. Um, also, I don't, listen, I understand that as somebody who's now, I think <laughs> like two decades older than I was when I graduated, but um, I, I feel like I can look at a lot of people who are maybe in their early 20s and, and feel um, like they look young, you know, much less trying to pass off as a an actual teenager. So, uh, yeah, 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 I just, I just, if you're gonna do it, and I'm not saying to do it, I'm not saying to do that, but if someone is going to try and go back to school as a student. A, there's nothing stopping anyone from enrolling as a student as an adult. Like you can, you could go back to college as an adult. That's done. I, that's totally fine. And I think that's respectable. Um, do that, do that. Don't go to high school again. Anyway, I, I'm tangenting on it because it freaks me out, but uh, I, and hello to Little Bones who possesses the littlest bones on the internet. It is wonderful to see you. Um, yeah, so, yeah, 29-year-old lawyer back at high school. We need to move on. We need to move on to something a little lighter. Something about escaped convicts. Um, so, so that being said, um, yes, let's see here. Let me, uh, nope, that's not the right, I don't know what happened here. All my, all of my things are out of order. It's terrible. Oh, my pictures. My pictures are completely misordered. Well, I will just, I didn't actually have a picture for the story, so I'll just tell it to you real quick. Um, so this is indeed a story of two escaped convicts who did not uh, escape for very long. So this happened at um, a Virginia jail. So <laughs> apparently two of these convicts made a literal hole in the wall. Um, they, they do have a picture of this online. It, it's real low uh, resolution, so I didn't want to force a potato into your eyeball. But they made a hole that looks like a literal, if you watch a cartoon where people escape from jail and there is a literal hole in the wall, that is what it is. They made a hole in the wall. Um, and apparently they used primitively made tools. I'm... It, it doesn't specify anything beyond that. Um, but they did escape. They crawled out of the hole. And it something like that, it seems like a lot of times that could lead to a long police chase, a lot of resources, things like that. But uh, no, it did not in this particular instance. Uh, because they were found... Um, and it doesn't say their names, but one was aged 37 and one was aged 43... Um, they were found at a local IHOP where they, I guess, just went to eat. Pancakes are not 
very good in prison, I'm assuming. Um, but yeah, so they, they just went, they went to the IHOP and then uh, people called to, you know, uh, let the authorities know that they were there enjoying themselves some pancakes, maybe some waffles, maybe some crepes, because I've seen some advertisements that they have crepes now. Um, but yeah, so they went to the IHOP and just kind of hung out. Good for them! <laughs> um, but moving along to other, other convicts, uh, that is what I have here. And um, so this is a story. <coughs> and yes, to answer that question, uh, the one true Swessel, I believe they were still in their prison clothes, dot, dot, dot. Not big thinkers. Um, but this one, which I actually do have the appropriate video up for. Um, so this was in Seoul, South Korea. Uh, we had, there was an escape artist. His name is Ciro, S-E-R-O. Uh, he was born into the zoo in 2021. Nice, nice young zebra. Um, and what happened, you see, was that somehow, some way, the said zebra named Ciro managed to escape and then wandered about the streets of Seoul, being a zebra, doing just zebra things. Um, and uh, the zoo is investigating how the zebra managed to escape. Um, there is talk that perhaps he partially destroyed the wooden fence surrounding his pen before busting out at approximately 2.50 p.m. Um, but yeah, we have here actually, and I, and I want to share this, uh, because we do in fact have footage of Sarah the Zebra. So let's get to this and let me fix my sound here so we can get the, the full experience. I do want to point out that no zebras were harmed in the uh, the capture of of this delightful creature. Ah, more things are happening. Um, oh, that's a story I didn't get to. Apparently, a zebra bites its owner in the arm before it's fatally shot. That's no good. Um, but yeah, apparently with z this zebra, um, and I believe I have. Uh, oh no, thought I had some zebra pictures, but apparently I don't. All my pictures are just gone. My pictures are gone. Um, but yeah, so they, they tranquilized Saro and um, he was able to be returned to the zoo in a safe and uh, not confused manner. Um, so that's good. Good for that guy. Um, but yeah, apparently it was at the Children's Grand Park in Seoul. So there you have it. Uh, so next up, next up. Speaking of animal criminals, and I, I do want to I do want to point out that there are a fair number of animal stories we have here again, and I don't know if it's just that nature is is going nuts. I actually came across a lot of zoo animals escaping. Um, so again, I don't know if that's a more recent occurrence. We're just more aware of it happening. 
um, or, you know, the, the planets are aligning weirdly. Uh, but, unfortunately, these gorgeous and adorable baby badgers, these are not the animals in question. Uh, these are not the specific criminal badgers that were involved in this incident. Um, they are just examples of badgers, uh, so that you can gaze upon their cute and adorable little faces. But what happened was that, and this actually happened in the Netherlands, that, uh, trains were halted on a Tuesday afternoon, um, because apparently badgers had been burrowing under the rail tracks and, uh, they forced the trains to stop. <laughs> um, and, you know, and it, it, it seems like badgers digging under rail tracks, you know, might not seem like that big of a deal, but apparently because of the digging, what can happen is that the, the actual rails themselves can be, um, uh, jeopardized in their, uh, strength, security, there's a word for this that I'm looking at, but I can't think of it. Um, but yeah, so... They, badgers are protected in the Netherlands, so the rail operators um, have to actually get permission to disturb the habitat uh, so that they can also repair the, the rail system and continue along the train way. Um, but yeah, they, they, PWB is correct in that they may be Nazi saboteurs uh, for anyone who ever watched City of Light and Shadows, which was an amazing, amazing fate-based game campaign over with uh, Trooper SJP. Um, but yeah, so these guys, these guys, and I almost start to wonder, you know, delaying the railways. Uh, we don't know why that truck filled with the wine bottles overturned or anything like that. Uh, is it some sort of larger animal conspiracy to claim all of the wine as their own? Maybe, maybe. Uh, so I, you know, you heard it here first. There, I said it. I, I've uncovered the truth with what, with what is happening here. Um, and I do want to say as well, there is, <coughs> excuse me, there is um, a little update that I have on a story I had last episode of the we the monthly weird that um, there was a bear that is actually. Uh, at the time, unfortunately, was local to the St. Louis Zoo, which is near where I live. Um, this bear escaped from its habitat twice. <laughs> like the first time it escaped, they, they got the bear, put it back into its home, and then, you know, reinforced a few things, and then the bear escaped again. Anyway, I do have an update that apparently this bear <laughs> has been uh, sent to Texas because they have a zoo there that has a moat. So now the bear is going to... Um, just be relegated to an island. Um, <laughs> it has the bear been sent to the, the rock? I don't, maybe, maybe, um, because this bear cannot be contained. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, he's, this is a maximum security bear. And the, the funny thing about this though, is that every time at the St. Louis Zoo where this bear escaped, you know, he didn't really, he didn't go out charging at uh, visitors, didn't go raiding trash cans or anything, just went to where, near where this little riverbank was and just laid down, laid in the sun, took a nap. Um, you know, which is, I can't blame that. That seems like a great plan to me. Uh, so, 
I have yet another one about escaped animals. It just does not stop. The animals are telling us something. They're telling us to run for our lives. <laughs> um, or they are all secretly meeting in an underground animal bunker so that they can um, plot their wine-fueled revenge. Uh, but yes, so <laughs> this is a story of all about how uh, two porcupines went missing. Um, and these porcupines' names, hold on to your butts, because the porcupines are named Pinky and yes, Brain. Um, so it's true. Uh, so apparently two of these porcupines that I'm assuming if nothing else, we're, we're really good buddies. Uh, they went missing from a zoo in central Germany over the weekend. Uh, and one of them, one of them has found his way back home. Apparently Brain has returned to the zoo uh, whilst Pinky is still on the lamb. Um, but yeah, apparently uh, the public has been asked to keep an eye out for the Indian crested porcupines called Pinky and Brain. Um, and the thing that is the thing that is actually unfortunate about this is apparently they did not just make a stunning getaway. Uh, apparently they were actually stolen. Um, so they the exact circumstances are a little under wraps, I guess. Um, but apparently one has returned. Whether or not he returned on his own, made a great escape and then returned. Um, there's not really a lot of information on it, but Brain has returned, Pinky is still on the lam, so I will tell you, if we hear any updates about that, I will bring it to you first-ish. I don't really know where you get your information from, so maybe not exactly first, but I'll let you know. Uh, following that, uh, now this is not the story of, <laughs> of an animal escaping. No, no, this is an animal being a criminal just for the sheer joy of it. Um, so, uh, what we have here, this took place in, I'm going to say that this is pronounced Nathrop? Nathrop? Um, if anyone lives in Nathrop, Colorado, and I'm saying it horrifically wrong, please do not you know, hesitate on correcting me. But, uh, so, uh, wildlife officials are on the hunt for a very specific mountain lion. <laughs> and this mountain lion is a menace. Um, and there's a lot of reasons why mountain lions can get into trouble, right? Like, anytime that, you know, the human habitat and, and the wild habitat kind of cross, cross paths a bit, there can be conflict at said borders. This is not exactly the kind of conflict I was expecting. Um, so a man was soaking in an in-ground hot tub um, in a wooded subdivision, just hanging out in the hot tub like one does. Apparently, um, what happened is that he, he suddenly felt something grab his head. Uh, what then he realized after he started screaming and splashing around, um, when his wife shone a flashlight out there, um, it was a mountain lion. The mountain lion went to grab his head. <laughs> um, so 
So at that point, they are they're looking for tracks. They're they're looking to, you know, subdue the the mountain lion um, and bring it to justice for this unwarranted attack on uh, this this hot tub man's head. Um, or perhaps are we looking at it the wrong way? Perhaps did the mountain lion want to join in the hot tub? And unfortunately, whilst going to pat him gently on the shoulder, accidentally like did a little claw extendo and was like, whap! Um, I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't know the mountain lion's um, methods nor its uh, intentions, but I'm just saying, we don't know. We don't know uh, what was really going on with this mountain lion. We do, however, know that the mountain lion has not yet been brought to justice, so the hunt is still on. Uh, <laughs> now, I, I once again go back to another So Many Good Animal Escapes, and one of the things that I love about animal escapes these days is that, normally speaking, there is a lot of footage so um oh my gosh so this is absolutely wild to me there everything about this that i love um so there was an escape and uh not only was it you know an it wasn't a zoo animal that escaped um <laughs> and Volpez, hello, hello. Uh, and well, this was an angry cougar though, so I don't, I don't know about the, uh, the seduction. Although it did involve a hot tub, so there you have it. Um, but yes, yeah, so this is the story of a piglet who was actually a, uh, a pet, uh, someone's pet piglet. And this happened in a New Hampshire town where the piglet who is an eight-week-old pet pig named Simon, um, apparently had been on the loose since Sunday at the time of this happening. So on Wednesday, a mere few days later, um, Tori Gamichi, Gamachi, Tori, um, went out to actually find the piglet. And you know what I mean? Like, especially if it's... A piglet's pretty small. You know, I mean, pigs can, can get pretty large, and I imagine take care of themselves fairly well, but it's, you know, a baby piglet is so little and so helpless. And especially if it's in a residential area, there's cars driving, you don't want to get hit by something. Um, so Tori goes out to try and locate Simon. Um, and she says that she spent about two hours working, uh, once she located said Simon to gain the piglet's trust before he came close enough that she could safely grab a hold of him. Um, and then apparently after that, Simon was safely reunited with his family. Let's watch. A pig rescue in Goffstown was just caught on camera. Eight week old Simon's a family pet. He'd been missing since Sunday. Well, Tori Gamash just posted the rescue in our You Local section, section saying she's an animal lover and she wanted to help. She spent two hours gaining the pig's trust and was able to grab him and bring him back home to his family. Simon got a big meal, a warm bath, and a huge welcome home. Love seeing the happy ending there. Oh, and everybody's all smiles that Simon's back home. <laughs> Lots of big hugs for <laughs> Simon. Glad that So, you know what? And I do have to say, like, <laughs> I do have... 
have bulbuses. It's spotted. Throw it back. It's disease. I do have to say, though, like, on seeing pictures, Simon is very cute. Simon is very cute. Um, but I do love that moment when the gal catches him by, like, she's laying there, gain just gaining the trust by by being lower to the ground than Simon and then just grabs him by the leg. And you know that this this piglet in that moment is thinking, a snake has my leg, I'm going to get eaten. Uh, you know, but but at least Simon got a bath, as we heard, a nice warm meal uh, and, and has been returned home. Uh, and luckily I do have another pet story that has a happy ending as well. Uh, so this fine, handsome, devilishly good-looking creature here. This is called a Nutria. Um, I will be honest, when I first saw the picture, I I didn't actually recognize, like, I thought the, the nostril holes were its eyes and it had some weird, like, I just, I was not understanding what I was looking at. It is a rodent. It's, it's kind of, um... It seems like it's kind of related to like a, a muskrat or a beaver or something like that. Um, but it's <laughs> a, it does have a rat tail um, and it's often considered a wetlands damaging, damaging pest. Um, yes, groundhog like. Um, but sometimes people love things, all sorts of things, including nutrias. So there is a couple that um, apparently had found a um a nutria that they nursed back to health um and let's see they had it for uh let's see do, 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 do. i don't see how long they had it for but um regardless it's it happened in new orleans and as it happens uh, you're not really you're not really supposed to keep them as pets that's not really what's done. Um, oh, here we go. More than two years. So it looks like these people had it uh, for more than two years. Um, and what had happened was they uh, apparently was injured in, and this is sad, it was injured in 2020 when its siblings were killed in traffic. Um, and apparently they hand fed this creature until it was able to, um, you know, eat on its own and, and move around and such like that. Um, and so they started raising it as a pet. So what happened was at one point the um you know wildlife law folk were like you cannot do this this is not for you <laughs> um however this is not just any nutria apparently this nutria is a social media star uh there's been a lot of tiktok videos uh he's been in the new orleans times and such like that um so the the people in charge along with the family actually came to a wonderful uh happy conclusion for everyone in that they are allowing the couple um to apply for a permit so that they can legally keep <laughs> and i just saw apparently apparently his name is nudie n-e-u-t-y nudie the nutria um, but yeah they're they're being allowed to apply for a permit so that they can actually legally keep nudie <laughs> which i cannot say without it just feeling I, nudie is a strange name to me um but apparently when they the couple got in trouble for this there was a petition online that had more than seventeen 
thousand signatures um, that demanded the state leave Nudie and his family alone. Uh, so they, they are coming to a conclusion. The most important part of this, though, is the fact that I do have video of Nudie as well. So without further ado, let's let's see what this is all about. So this is the luckiest nutrient on Earth. This is the luckiest nutrient in Louisiana by far. <laughs> you got a built-in yeah, pool, pool. And, and you're letting the nutrient swim in there. It's his pool. All right, then. You, you know, it's raining and it's storming. <laughs> That's fun, huh? Don't be hell. He's friendly, don't, doesn't bite. And then we throw, throw a couple old beach towels on a den floor. Yeah. And he'll take them beach towels and he'll drag them to the hall bathroom and he'll make a nest. Come on, Lewis, come on. Uh, he's just a tail out. Well, you are obviously a very kind person. You stopped to help yeah. the nutria. I always thought they was cute little animals, you know. Uh-huh. I just felt bad. The poor little thing, you know, his siblings got ran over. And he was kind of just curled up in the street crying. And that was it. I guess he knew I saved him. Well, good for you, man. He likes me. Oh yeah, he likes everybody. Oh, that's good. So, a happy ending. And I do have to say, Nudie is very cute. And listen, I keep rats. I love rats. I love rodents. Um, but he is pretty cute. And like that whole body scritch and such like that, that's pretty good. And apparently he does like being held. Uh, so, you know, it, it seems to be good for everyone. He seems to be well taken care of uh so there you have it yay on you nudie I'm, I'm glad you get to live live your life in in peace and joy um now this next story i have um and we're getting to the last couple this is a story that actually has a little bit of a uh maybe this is something that might affect you who's to say who's to say um but Besties, best friends, these two. Now, this is not just the story of a dog and a goat who like to hang out together and, and run all about and frolic and such. I'm sure they love to do that. However, this is the story of how these two animals, who are bonded, are currently at a North Carolina animal shelter trying to find a new home. So this is Cinnamon the goat and Felix the dog. Uh, they were apparently brought to the shelter by the city of Rala Animal Control after the previous owner was no longer to take care of them. Um, and so they, the, uh, the shelter quickly found out that the two of them were in fact bonded, like they stayed together, they liked to be together. Um, and so apparently the officials are currently looking at rescue options but, and this is where you may come in, they will consider adoptions by members of the public if a new home isn't found by March 31st, and that's on Saturday. So if they haven't found a different place to go by Saturday, they would be considering uh, adoption by someone of the public. Um, and yeah, no, Volpace, that's not for me. Like, I already have a dog. One dog is enough. Um, but I'm saying if anybody uh, in the area is looking for a delightful pair, maybe this would be for you. I'm just saying. You could have a dog and a goat at the same time. Um, and, you know, I mean, goats are basically...
basically like dogs and that they're cute and fuzzy and dogs are basically like ghosts and that they eat everything. Right? Right? No difference there. <laughs> so uh, this I thought was just, you know, it's, we've definitely seen instances of animals from different species bonding and, and people always find it really interesting. But this is the first time I've seen a story like this where they're actually up for adoption as well. And I, I you know, it's hard enough for animals to get adopted um, at, you know, if they're older or, you know, if they're a breed that people aren't really as interested in. I can only imagine that it is that much more difficult for them to be adopted when they're an unusual pairing. However, and on the brighter side, I definitely feel like there's an aspect of this. It's so unusual that I feel like it might bring the attention that will help them get adopted a little bit quicker than otherwise. So I, I could see it going either way. But hopefully, Cinnamon and, uh, <coughs> excuse me, hopefully Cinnamon and Felix find a good home together soon. Um, and yeah, it's it's said by uh, the shelter director that uh, Cinnamon, once again, the goat, is so attached to Felix, the dog, that she will cry when the two animals are separated. So they are kept together. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not an unhappy story. Um, it's a story still in progress, but now I have here uh, something that is geared a little more toward the science news of the month. Uh, this may look like a piece of poop under a cloche, uh, but it is not. What this is, it is a meatball made of lab-grown cultured meat that was genetically sequenced from a mammoth. A mammoth meatball. Lab-grown mammoth meatball. Um, so... You know, I, there's, there's so much, there's so much, like, I, I don't have any ethical issues with lab-grown meat or anything. I find it a little creepy, but for more sci-fi reasons than, um, you know, practical ones. Lab-grown meat, totally fine. I think that's fine. This, it does, like, when I saw it, all I could think is that it looked like an elephant poop, is what I thought it looked like. Um... You know, or, or maybe a giant rabbit or something like that. Um, so that I don't like. <laughs> um, you know, ma uh, making lab-grown meat out of mammoth sequencing, uh, it, it's a choice, I guess. I really don't, I, I'm not really sure what the end goal of this is. Um, and I'm seeing, I'm seeing some questions in chat as well. Um you know, wanting to know what mammoth taste would like, question mark. Um, and, and I do know, um, Coldrake, that is true. I do know that uh, there have been special, special meals where people have tried, um, you know, frozen mammoth and stuff. And I actually listened to a podcast where um, they talked about having found, um, it was like one of the oldest instances of, I think it was um, some sort of a buffalo or something like that, that had been mummified, so to speak, or frozen, um, and there still was some accessible meat on it. So they 
did in fact make a stew of some of it um and uh the the scientist who was being interviewed actually did share what it tasted like and said it tasted like all of the freezer burn. like the if you took freezer burn as just the essence of freezer burn and stuck it in your mouth even despite like all of the uh the spices and and whatever else was put in there but at the same time the researchers who had all been on this project were so excited about it it didn't really matter you know but um but yeah so this is something that's been done where it ends up going from here i'm not completely sure um but it, it's you know i mean the person the who is with the company um which is an australian company uh was was talking about it the you know innovations that allow for this which which is very true right um you know you can have this meat without livestock having to be raised housed produced killed etc um but also being able to sequence the um uh, genetic information from the mammoth uh whilst also filling in the missing parts that they didn't have with uh you know genetic information from elephants and such like that like it was it was enough to be able to produce this fine ball we have um so that's it's something that's happening um it's something in the current works and i think that it's interesting to take note of because i do feel like there's going to be more happening with this um hopefully not exactly like this because there are elements of it that weird me out a little bit but i think it is a very interesting step uh you know in terms of both food production but also genetics the science that's going on behind this so but yeah no exactly i i will be real bronx smash has it uh exactly mentioning uh jurassic park which is uh, kind of my thought on it too but yeah so that's it as i'm aware of uh and so the next thing is that uh, apparently apparently future nasa people are going to have sleeker spacesuits and i say it's about damn time we have been dealing with those bulky old-timey spacesuits for far too long <laughs> since the 60s it's it's about time for there to be a little bit of an upgrade so apparently uh currently a a more flexible sleeker spacesuit that comes in different sizes is uh being worked on and developed in this moment um and apparently they are planning to probably not unveil but but actually launch ah, launch the line of spacesuits um later in the decade when they plan to actually do a lunar walk with them um the new suits not only look better but they should provide greater flexibility and more protection from the moon's harsh environment um and again coming in a wider range of sizes and you know what this means this means that we will all get to look a lot slicker when we have to move to our lunar moon bases uh so <laughs> um but oh my gosh also yes yes no so uh Coldrake brings up a very valid point just on the last story uh and relating to jurassic park yeah if all of these other animals zebras bears porcupines badgers if all of these other animals are escaping from the zoos 
I do not feel good about our odds of being able to keep prehistoric animals housed safely, keeping us safe. Um, yeah, that's that is a very valid point and one that I would be concerned about. <laughs> um, but yeah, so and and yes, uh, again, these spacesuits, the idea is that they're going to be used in a lunar walk later this decade, quote unquote. So, um, you know, that's that's a pretty wide, wide uh, strike range there. Um, but apparently there was uh, a an Axiom employee modeled the current version that they have that they're working with, um, and they were shown doing squats and twisting at the waist to demonstrate its flexibility. So there you have it. Uh, and, and it's what you're seeing and what you're seeing right here is actually a picture of somebody modeling the current version, um, which is is still a uh, prototype, so to speak. I, I don't know that this is necessarily the uh, the final model, but what you are seeing here that I have provided a, a picture is actually the one that was unveiled. I don't know if it was an official unveiling, but but shown off doing squats and, and twists and and you know whatever else it is they were doing, Look, looking like they're floating in space, grabbing the air in front. <laughs> um, so we are now at the very last story I have for you, and uh, that is a story of golf. Yes, that's right. Uh, but by a story of golf, I mean it is a story of elk, and a lot of elk. And these elk really like the golf course. They really, really, really like the golf course. Um, and yeah, and so so in that sense, PWB, you're, you're not completely wrong. The golf didn't escape. The, the herd of elk escaped back onto the golf course. Um, so... Apparently, a herd of elk had taken up residence at the Salt Lake Country Club in uh, Salt Lake City. They just hanging out, just hanging out, being being a herd of elk, you know, doing what they do. Um, but apparently, they were causing a little bit, just, just a smidge, a little bit of a ruckus in that they apparently caused numerous <laughs> collisions and traffic problems by repeatedly wandering onto the highways, which... Yeah, that seems like something that elk would do. Um, so they they took this herd and they, they relocated them. They relocated them. And the way they did this was a, a crew created a human chain to slowly approach the animals and encourage them to cross the highways and return to Parley's Canyon. Uh, the, the human chain then... Um, guided the elk up the mountains and a helicopter was at that point used to you know keep the elk moving um but yeah so uh that's that's what happened this past time but they they were they were sent away and then a week later they they did in fact return so they were sent away again uh safely however uh, yeah, the officials are, are speculating that they likely will return. And once again, you are right if you think that I have a video. So let's check it out. 
Well, check this out. This is something you don't see every day. This large herd of elk who have been camping out near the mouth of Parley's Canyon were encouraged to move back up the mountain today. It was an operation that involved several wildlife officers in closing the interstate for a bit with lots of people watching. One of them, our own Alice Cabrero, who says it worked out exactly like officers were hoping it would. See under the trees over there? So I, I don't... I don't feel we need to watch the whole news segment, but we got the important bits. They're just there. They're there. And personally, I, I would actually allow them to come back to the golf course. I would, uh, you know, maybe make some sort of barrier around that would help keep the elk safe within the golf course and then consider them another you know, like golf obstacle. You've got your sand traps, you've got, uh, you know, coarse grass or whatever. You've got elk, angry elk, many angry elk. Um, so that's personally my idea. That's what I think should happen. Um, but also, could you imagine the amount of poop that would happen? Like, that was not a small amount. I mean, they. it was mentioned that the herd is about 20 in size. Uh, which is no small amount, but when you actually see how many elk it is, uh, that would be a lot of poop on the golf course. I'm just saying. And also, yeah, elk, elk are not quite as big as moose, I don't think, but they are comparable in that they are very large. <laughs> so, yeah, I could see that being a real, like, here's the thing, you know, you, this is our opportunity to make golf into a much more dangerous sport not the most dangerous sport but a more dangerous sport by involving very large angry creatures that's all i'm saying um i think it's a winning idea uh you know and you golf course if you're listening you can reach out and contact me and i can provide many other ideas free of charge for now um, but all of that to be said, that is what I have for you this month. Again, a whole lot of animal stories. And I realize I tend to want to lean that way a little bit because uh, who doesn't love a good weird animal story? I will say, though, I will try and keep my eyes out uh, for a little more uh, weird crime, a little more science happenings and stuff like that. As we enter the spring, there might be a little more of a shift into the kinds of wild things that people are getting into so we will definitely stay on top of that but thank you so much for joining me tonight uh you know join me again next time where i bring more strange things and as uh, has happened i will also update you if there are any updates to be had on any of our previous stories such as bears being moved from st louis to texas or the world's oldest mouse that I still have on my calendar. This year is when it turns 10. We are going to celebrate it, I'm just saying. So, um, yeah, and Bob is right. Science, science crime. You heard it here first. We'll bring it to you live. Not live, but very close to. So, yes, thank you so, so much. Um, and, oh my goodness, uh, Stormbender actually brings up a point that elk apparently weigh around 600 pounds. That is bigger than I thought. I knew they were big, but that's scary big. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much. Blech. My, my, I just like died a little bit. Thank you so much for joining me. As always, it is such a pleasure to have you here. 
and I absolutely look forward to seeing you next time. Make sure to tune in tomorrow night. There, I know that Val is gonna be playing. It's gonna be a Phoenix Rising, uh, which I believe is going to be uh, pretty awesome. Val, I don't know if you have the time, if you wanna share that in chat or anything, um, but yeah, make sure to be back tomorrow night. There's gonna be some amazing things going on. And also, if you want to catch me again this week, Thursday over on Sirenscape, we are going to be coming back from a break last week to the weekly Cyberpunk Red Play. And on Friday, I'm going to be over on Trooper SJP's channel, where is going to be a solo episode with the Harlock. So make sure you tune in. And otherwise, I hope that you have an amazing rest of your week. Make sure to take care of you. Do something nice for yourself. And I very much look forward to seeing you next time.